This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me, as usual, are Richard Horse. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week, we have four main reviews for you. We're going to kick off with the Victorian era set thriller, The Gates. Then we have a more contemporary film, Call Her King. Uh, then uh, a cult film in the making, Skinnamarink and Bad Girl Boogie. Our short shot is We Hunt Giants. And then we're going to round off with a throwback, Black Plague. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review then is The Gates. In a 19th century prison, the governor receives an electric chair and uses it for the execution of the satanic serial killer, William Colcott. However, in the days following his death, strange occurrences start happening on death row, forcing the governor to bring in some investigators. Um, I do like this. I think I think it is. It's it's a film of. Uh, it tries to be two things at once, but I don't know about you guys. But you know, when we've talked about Steve Lawson's films in the past, we've often said, "I wonder what he would his films would look like with a budget." And mm. I, I, th I think this does sort of skirt quite close to, you know, to that. I, I reckon, you know, a Steve Lawson film with with a bit more money would look a lot like this. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, true, true. I, mean, I completely agree. That's exactly what I yeah. thought when I was watching it. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially it is kind of like, you know, set in one place, you know, as Steve Lawson's normally are. Mm. But it just, yeah, it does look a bit more polished than that. Um, but to be fair, it wasn't bad. It was, I thought it took a little bit to get going. Um, mm -hmm. You talk about, what, 45 minutes to an hour before, you know, you see anything really of the, the curse or however you want to call it. But... Mm. It was good. The only, the major thing for me was the um, performance of Michael Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I just didn't didn't buy him at all. Everyone else thought was great. I mean, obviously you got Jonathan Reese Davies in there. Who's, you know, he's Legend. just yep. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, is, and you know he's gonna he's gonna bring whatever he has to do. But I just thought he was a bit off. Mm -hmm. Um. That Michael Yare, and it's a bit of a shame for thinking of Richard Brake as well, because yeah. he's got like five minutes at the beginning and a couple of, you know, like a minute cameos later on in the film, and that's about it. And I like him, you know, he's decent actor, you know, stuff like um, is it Barbarian he was in recently? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I, I do like him. I think he's he's a good actor, but it just seemed a little bit slow to get going, and and you could see the ending coming a mile off as well. That final shot, you know, mm. you knew exactly what was coming there. But <laughs> oh no, yeah, not bad. And yeah, I agree with what you're saying about it. 
you know, I mean, like the Steve Larson film, a bit more money. It definitely mm-hmm. did look a lot more polished. Uh, Rich, how did you get on with the gates? Yeah, I was always, I was pretty gripped by this from the from the get go. Really, it's got the, a great, um, it has got a great prologue. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 and the um, I'd say it, it, it's got very, it does have a very sort of distinctive look and feel to it. Say so it's it's a it's a say a style that Steve Lawson has sort of made his own, and this is sort of, um, I mean, the fact that we're likening it to a Steve Lawson film instead of you know, a Hammer film or whatever, for example, you know, I think tells you something. It sort of says about, you know, what sort of um, hold Steve Lawson has over this particular style of film in the sort of DV, DTV sort of realm at the moment. This The curious thing about this one is it's actually an Irish film. It's, okay. a, it's an Irish production shot in Ireland, but it's set in London. Yeah. Uh, but they've got, and they've found some, and they've shot it in some nice places that, that really give, give it sort of that, um, uh, period look and feel as well as all the costumes and stuff which i think is all really well done there was that actually um i can't remember if this uh the um uh the not infernal machine there was the there was the other period horror film we saw you know the one i'm talking about the laurie brewster um yes film which was set in the old house and stuff that was another film that sort of came to mind um the yeah, John Rhys Davis. I mean, that's quite an, and one of the unique things about it is like John Rhys Davis has a proper meaty character here. He's got mm. he's he's he is essentially one of the main leads. It's more of an ensemble kind of thing, but he is basically a lead in this in 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 a, in a way that he's we don't normally get to see him. He's kind of that guy who turns up for a few scenes or plays the villain or you know yeah. a supporting character or whatever. Here he's he's he gets to dominate the film and he you know he's 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 as vibrant a screen presence as he ever has been. Uh, you know, almost eight years old. I know he's in the new uh, Indiana Jones film a little bit as well and stuff. Yeah, but, he's in it uh, more so... than you think as well. Oh, is he in yeah. what in the Jones film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's good to hear. Um, that makes me want to see it a bit more actually. The um, but so yeah, so that's really good. Um, I think the cinematography is an excellent uh, asset to the film. Uh, Birch Birchy Voina is the cinematographer. Um. Really good, um, uh, say filming of the locations and the lighting and everything. So, like like you guys are saying, it's it's quite limited its locations. It ends up um, sort of closing in on the sort of the prison setting, and because of the, I guess because of the budget, there's only like five or six prisoners or whatever. But um, uh, well, it is death row, you know. Is uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is. So, but I like that. I I thought it was. I, thought, I like the rest of the cast. Um, the only say the only thing I really feel that what is perhaps an, another aspect of Steve Lawson's films that this would have benefited from is brevity mm-hmm. because yes. Lawson generally makes his films about 70, 80, maximum 90 minutes mm-hmm. and uh, usually usually around the 80 minute mark. Uh, and this one is, you know, gaining on two hours. It's, it's like an hour and 50 minutes, which considering it has only a slight conclusion i would say it's not it's not the most grand conclusion to the story and um, although there's not anything i feel like i'd really want to lose because i enjoyed the experience i enjoyed most of the scenes i do think it, it should really have been no more than about an hour and a half um for the particular story they're telling so um yeah very 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 pleasantly surprised by this one 
Yeah, I, I agree on on the sort of length as well. I mean, um, that that is the one thing. I think, I think you know there are moments where it does sort of really really work, like that opening bit, um, and and mm. when the sort of supernatural stuff's happening. Um, but some of the sort of quieter moments, it's sort of, it, it does sort of drag a bit, um, which is a shame. But I, I you know, I, I, like you say, you know, where do you cut? I, it, it's difficult because you you got um, uh, Emma Wicks's relationship with. Um, uh, John Reese Davis's character, mm, yeah. and then you got sort of, um, you know, as you say, Michael Yarry coming in as as this. Uh, uh, he's a medium, I think, isn't he? Is his character? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I really liked yeah. him in it. I yeah. thought I, that was one of the things I was. It, it's kind of got this colorblind casting thing going on because mm. I'm, I'm presu- you know, I'm presuming a black guy like himself would not have been walking around, you know, being I... respected by all the all the people in the. Uh, I, everyone know, he encountered. I, I, I don't no. know. I, I really don't know um, what what you know people's, especially in in England. You know, I don't know what people's attitudes were um, to to sort of you know black people, coloured people back then. Um, you know, it, it's so yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, the fact that he's wearing the sort of like tailored suit and everything would probably. Yeah, you know, he's confused people. Yeah, yeah. Clearly got money, so he probably would. Yeah, demand a bit. People, people would probably swallow, swallow their racism a bit, and yeah. you know, <laughs> just you know, probably partake of his money. But um, yeah, it it is a, a pretty decent film. It was, it was a nice surprise this one. So, how are we going to score it, uh, Steve? I'll give it a seven. Mm-hmm. I'll join you on a seven, and Rich. Yeah, if you want a period film that's uh, a little bit like Wes Craven's Shocker or something like that, um, I think you you can do, you know, no, uh, you can't do any wrong with this one, I would say, uh, seven out of ten. Yeah, three sevens for The Gates. Go check it out. Our next film is Call Her King. Judge Jada King finds herself about to give life or death judgment on a young black man when his older brother, known as Black Caesar, storms the courthouse with his followers with the intention of saving his brother. Or does he have another agenda? Um, This is a low-budget action movie, but certainly no worse than a lot of the films we've seen of late. I'm looking at you, Fortress. It's certainly a a, a big step up from those sort of films. Um, I did enjoy this. It is a bit rough sometimes, and it does suffer from one thing which really could have helped it, and that is the sound effects for the guns. The sound effects for the guns are rubbish, unfortunately. Um, they, they've got no weight to them. You know, they've got no oomph. It's it's like kids playing soldier, you know, kind of thing. Um, this is one thing I know you've been really hot on ever since I've known you. Is like yeah, you, you you're, you've do. got a real attention to this this level of uh, this you've kind got, of stuff. You've got people carrying different types of weaponry, and they all sound the same in every single environment they're in. It's, and it's it's the old adage of the CGI bullet holes and squibs and stuff yeah. again. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, but I, I I can forgive that for a film of this budget. I I, I honestly, this is that's my. <laughs> that's you know, your, your bugbear. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
just like bounce together, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't notice them so much because uh, uh, I think they have improved over time. You know, uh, yeah. the way they're done. Um, there are some sort of Amdram moments in this, I think, but the central, yeah. the, the central characters, I think, are really well done. Um, the woman playing um, Judge King, I thought she was really good. The guy playing Black Caesar was very good as well. Um, the other guy who's like her assistant, you know, the sort of grizzled guy. Um, Johnny Messner. Yeah, I thought he, he was uh, good. And it was interesting to see Nick Tatura in this as well. Um, he of uh, um, NYPD Blue back in the day. So, yeah. Yeah, so overall, I did enjoy this. Um, you know, more so than a, a lot of the um, sort of low-budget action films we've seen. Steve, how did you get on with Call Her King? It was it was okay. I don't think I was as impressed as you were. Um, but it's not bad. I mean, there's just certain things that threw me. You know, like I said, the gun noises, the gun squibs, but also when you've got like all the I don't know like bad guys hmm. going into the building or, you know, heading up to the building. I know what you're going to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're all like doing it in sync. It's like a... Like, a like robots. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I was well, like, that, that was the Amdram that? moment I was, I was thinking yeah. of. It's like, oh, would, you know, yeah. this, this looks really cool. It's like, no, it doesn't. It no, looks it really no, it forced. Yeah, it looks, looks weird. It really does. And... But apart from that, yeah, it was like, pretty enjoyable. I mean, obviously, you've got a lack of budget there, which you can see. Um, but pretty much, like you said, the lead performances were actually pretty decent in this. A um, couple of the, like you say, a couple of like, Amdram bits and stuff like that. But apart from that, yeah, not, not too bad. Not too bad. I Yeah, I, I thought this worked really well. Um, just trying to look up the lady's name. We played Jada King. It was Tori uh, Norton. Uh, Tori Norton, yeah. So, so I thought, yeah, as I said, she put in a good performance. It was, it was quite, Ooh. you know, qu quite a vulnerable performance. You know, it's, it's an interesting bit early on when she's she has to use the gents' toilets and she overhears um, two of her um, speech marks colleagues yeah. talking. You know, and one of them is clearly not only racist but incredibly sexist and misogynist. At the same time, so that was quite funny when he's the one who gets, um, you know, put a gun to his head as a tried leverage. I was just like, no, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, the, the fight scenes are actually really well done in this. You know, yeah. they're not they're not overly sort of choreographed, and, and, but you know, um, the, the performers do a good job. Um, and and you know, it's interesting seeing. Having having a villain who actually had a decent um, sort of motivation and an agenda going in, you know, mm. it, it, um, you think you think he's there to save his his, his brother to begin with, but uh, you know, other people are doing other stuff, and it kind of reminded me of um, uh, Solid Rock Trust a little bit in in that regard. You know, it's, it's a bit of like smoke and mirrors kind of thing going on, you know, and you're not not yeah. sure exactly what's going on until sort of towards the end. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, the other sort of big part of this as well is it, it sort of focuses the attention on, 
you know the plight of black people in the judicial system you know the whole thing about you know the his brother's case where you know evidence had been suppressed basically because it didn't fit the you know the, what it, and this comes up a lot with, with, with lots of different things not just in fiction but in reality you know it's like well you know this guy's guilty but the evidence says he isn't well well better get rid of the evidence then you know <laughs> you yeah. better not tell anyone about that bit because otherwise we'd have to do some work um so so yeah that you know that whole thing was was, was quite quite interesting and, and the way they sort of broke down the um you know his, his, his brother's trial to sort of show where, where where the inconsistencies were so so yeah it was all pretty good uh rich what did you think about call her king well the first thing that jumps out at you is the title and uh, you know it's like her king you know it's that juxtaposition of a very masculine position and the, and the feminine so you wouldn't even immediately think of the woman king mm-hmm. so i would say it's like evoking the woman king but also very conceptually similar to die hard um and it opens with uh with uh, king in the dojo mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's quite it's quite a good it's quite a good scene uh, in in which it's trying to highlight her determination but also some her shortcomings her rashness yeah. And, you know, and yeah and so and then it sort of so it immediately establishes um her character you know as it, it, in that sort of action movie kind of vein you know she, she's a woman of action kind of thing but then it sort of shifts away and goes into the family drama and everything but then it's not so much of a surprise later when she gets more involved in the action because we've had this sort of opening scene to sort of establish that. Hmm. Um, there is that kind of, oh, I grew, it's not this explanation, but you know, it's the one that they usually throw in. It's like, oh, I grew up on army bases or whatever hmm. like that, where they suddenly explain the fact that, well, how can they use these automatic weapons and everything? Yeah. But so she's got her own sort of explanation. Got her own background just, for that. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. For, what, for, that, for that. But um, the, it's uh, director Wes Miller. I haven't really seen any of his other films, although I have been, familiar with them the, the film is probably would arguably is most be his most high profile uh, because of the bruce willis factor is a day to die mm. which say i haven't seen that one but i can imagine what it's like because you know because those films have a very sort of particular sort of look and style. Yeah, i thought this one had a type yeah. go on go on no just um, saying they are of a type yeah yes they are of a type and I, but i think this one had a, had a quite a solid you know aesthetic to it on the low budget um, i thought it worked quite well the the stuff where it did get a bit boring in the courtroom itself mm. so there's all this um uh stuff where the villain is sort of conducting this sort of like mock trial kind of yeah. situation and everything and i really sort of zoned out with I all of like that. that yeah you I did like, yeah i like that well the the, the film sort of it's it it takes it's very earnest sort of, sort of very serious but i started to sort of end at the beginning you know in the first part I, I very quickly started to go oh come on you know it's like they 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 the villains come along and they kill someone and then they just throw the gun away and yeah. without seemingly wiping it for prints or anything and then there's like they go they go in there's only like two of them at the start but they they go into the courthouse hmm. no idea whatsoever and they're literally allowed to basically walk in. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's, there are definitely things like that. And also the um, the police captain who receives a um, he receives the, the the tape recording, sort of saying what's mm-hmm. going on. Unfortunately, yeah. he wasn't very good. 
Um, no. he, he, he was very card, you know, very wooden. Um, but it did make me laugh a little bit because, you know, the, 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 the sort of tape recording sort of saying, you know, well, while you're listening to this, this is going on mm-hmm. at the courthouse. And by the time you do anything, we'll be gone. And I'm like, oh, good then. I don't need to do anything. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just let you be, you know. <laughs> but then there was, you say, there was the stuff like the when the the army, basically the army of henchmen, sort of comes in, and they're all doing these like ro- walking this sort of like robotic way, and they've got these face masks and stuff. And I was thinking, this is just silly now. <laughs> I, was, was. I wasn't really having I, fun I with totally it. I totally agree. I totally agree that um, yeah, you know, but, that's the bit. That's the bit that seemed sort of like like very amateurish to me. Yeah. But I did get interested once again when the action kicks in in the latter part. Let's say the last part of the the movie. I did get a lot more interested. You say, you say the action being pretty good. I say yes to a point. Um, I was quite ex- uh, the fight scene um, rather than the, was, sort of the gun fights. The actual yeah, I was quite pleased to see uh, in the end credits because I didn't know beforehand that the action was done by Felix Betancourt and Yardi Neves, who have got a you know the they've got loads of really great shorts. Uh, on YouTube with, um, I think it's their company, Distinctive Light Entertainment, a whole bunch of really good stuff I've seen from them. The problem here is I think there's a lot of good choreography in that, in, it, but it's like edited to hell. So um, I didn't... Yeah, it's not the worst I, editing I, I've seen. Yeah, I was, I, I was a bit I'm perturbed by it, I guess. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I was getting, getting a bit annoyed about the editing between the the, the actors and the stunt people and the and the and, the, and constant cutting or whatever which mm. um some of the other their work what i've seen that they've made themselves as in you know that they've directed yeah. themselves mm. has been of a much better standard um so that's a, a slight quibble resolution and stuff and i'm not sure if the twist works and i don't think things it works. like that um no. i think it sort of tries tries a bit too hard that the, the um, oh, there is an action scene towards it. There's a part of the action scene at the climax where they try to use this flashing red light mm. effect. And I just couldn't see what the hell was going on. <laughs> it's just too dark and stuttery. Uh, that that sort of um, device, you know, didn't really, didn't really work. But I think there's enough in here that's interesting and entertaining. Uh, I'm glad I've seen it. Um, it's, uh, it's nice to see a film that, you know, an action movie that, is slightly different to the usual, you know, but still familiar enough that you can yeah. sort of enjoy it. You know, that our heroine is a bit different to, to the to the standard sort of Mila Jovovich or whatever type. Uh, so you know, she's um, yeah, she's more like um, she's she, more of a Viola like Davis. Queen, kind yeah, of. Queen Latifah would be. That's what I was going to say. In the, in the Do you think this is yeah? The, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Do you think it's some it's stuff like not just the Woman King, but stuff like the Equalizer, which has mm. kind of spurred on films oh, yeah. like this to start getting made yeah, you know because um yeah i haven't watched much of the equalizer but that was a that was a, a surprise bit of casting when uh, mm. queen latifah who was not known as an action star or anything was uh, sort of put in that role and it does make me actually curious to check out the show mm. at some I've point seen, i've, I've um, seen a couple of episodes but I'd, yeah. I, I must admit i'd rather go back and watch the old edward woodward, edward edward woodward, woodward yeah <laughs> or denzel washington what do you think denzel denzel washington, washington, yeah. because that's uh, the weird thing is they've got a tv show yeah. and the movie franchise running essentially concurrently yeah, with two yeah. different incarnations which is yeah. really unusual um, um anyway so, we're getting off track a bit <laughs> so so this film is going on a cable network called bet plus 
Yes. I believe in the States. I presume that over here it will probably turn up on something like Channel 5. Yeah. If, if it doesn't Channel go to VOD. Yeah, mm. yeah I'd, I'd imagine VOD, I think. Hopefully. But, uh, okay, so how are we going to score it? Uh, Steve? I'll give it a six. Mm -hmm. And Rich? Yeah, uh, a six from me as well. Yeah, it, it's three sixes for Call Her King. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Our next film is Bad Girl Boogie. A mask-wearing serial killer is murdering people within the gay community. As Angel and her friends reel from the deaths of people close to them, they try to work out who is targeting them. Uh, so, see, this comes from um, a director called Alice Mayo Mackay. She's uh, Australian. She's also trans and incredibly young. Uh, she started making films when she was about sort of 12, 13, from what I can gather. Um, yeah. Rich and I have covered some of her shorts before. Uh, she's got a film on uh, Shudder called So Vam, uh, which is about a vampire um, makes friends with this this girl. Uh, a girl or oh boy, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, but but sort of hunting um, sort of bigots, you know, that, that they're the people she sort of feeds off. It, it mm. is pretty decent, if very low budget. This film apparently had a budget of something in the region of thirteen thousand, I believe, Australian dollars. So a pittance, basically. Yeah. But, you know, she does so much with this film. Um, it evokes a lot of different things. Um, there's a touch of, like, Argento and Fulci in there, a bit of Carpenter's, like, Halloween going on. But, it, mm. but at the same time, it's its own thing. There's a great bit early on. I don't know who the actress is, but there's one actress who puts on the mask. And her whole... Um, body language changes she does such a good job of sort of selling the fact that she's been sort of possessed by this mask sort of thing um worked really really well uh what one thing this film really gets you know one, one of its strengths i should say is how it deals with grief because i, I guess a lot of sort of slasher films they take place over one night you know stuff happens people get bumped off you know yeah. In the course of an evening, you know, a slumber party or, you know, some other party or, or, or it's Halloween or something, you know. Um, but this takes place over a, a course of days or, or weeks. So, you know, the, the characters have to deal with the grief of actually losing people rather than sort of like just running for their lives all the time. You know, they yeah. actually have to face that, which which does make this quite unique. Um, but yeah, this, overall, this this was great. You know, it's such a, it is a step up from so bam in terms of quality. Um, so yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought it worked really well. There, there was a few sort of little nice nods. Some, some of the character names, um, sort of nods to sort of some of the references, you know, and, and uh, influences. But I, I thoroughly recommend this, and I would give this an eight <clears throat> out of ten. I urge everyone to go check it out. Our final film is Skinner Marink. Two young children awaken in the middle of the night to find their father missing and all the windows and doors have disappeared from their house, trapping them inside. Um, 
another low budget film, uh, Steve. Uh, this one yeah. has caught the attention of the horror community on Tinternet, uh, especially Twitter. Um, yeah. And, you know, for well, such. It, it, it is. It, it is, leaked, didn't it? Yes. It got leaked online after, I think it was South by Southwest, where the. the that's premier. correct. Yeah, so I had a premiere at, at, at SXSW. Um, yeah. And as you say, it got leaked. I think it was an accident. It wasn't actually met, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, yeah, because I noticed, you know, a lot of um, some of the screeners we get now, for example, they will set them up on YouTube, mm. um, but have them unlisted. So, yeah. you know, only, only if you were given the, the sort of location. And I think that was what they were doing. And someone said it yeah. to public, or you know, something along those sort of lines. Anyway, um, yeah. so yeah, it, it, as a result, it, it it did get a lot of sort of word of mouth, um, and you know, people got to see it. And then it actually had a theatrical release in the states, I believe, you know, a limited one at least. And it's it's kind of this, you know, this generation's Blair Witch in a way, um, on on that sort of level. Mm-hmm. Now I I know um, for example your son was quite interested in seeing this. Yeah. Um, what did you make of it in the end? Absolute shite. <laughs> couldn't couldn't do with it at all. It's... If you're gonna if you're gonna make a film, mm-hmm. yeah, have a at least one shot where there's something properly in the frame it's all as you're going through it's like the corner of the tv screen showing these old cartoons or mm. you know the top of a door frame or the bottom of, of the bed. and it was nothing happens nothing I, I on the screen at least yeah oh yeah i mean i don't know what they were going for it's Oh, it's probably lack of lack of funds, lack of money, but and I commend them for doing something kind of different. But it wasn't for me at all. I mean, I think there was once one part that kind of gave a little bit of attention where one of the kids is looking under the bed, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, okay, we're gonna get a jump scare here, or something. No, nothing. No. <laughs> Nothing at all. Um, my son loved it, but hmm. yeah, it, you know, it it could be a generational thing. I think I think I was right to call it this year. You know, this generation's Blair Witch, because it is going to divide audiences. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to absolutely mm. hate it and just be totally befuddled by it. I'm somewhere in between, to be honest. I I've, I've actually watched this twice. Um, I watched it when it came on Shudder originally yeah um and it's a very the other thing to, to know it's very long you know it's it's pushing two hours oh yeah yeah exactly and it, you know i must admit there's times where you know, it's like come on, come on come on you know sort of, when's this ever going to finish but i think that's part of the film's charm it's charm the right word you know in that it puts you in this very oppressive atmosphere you know, you, you're. It's it's saying, imagine you're a, a child, and you know, there's certain things you can't reach, 
and you know your mum's asleep and you can't wake her up and this sort of stuff and you can't reach the light switches so everything's in this sort of like very very murky sort of light and you don't know what's really going on um and it's only your sort of like you know childlike naivety which isn't stopping you from freaking out like crazy um and and uh yeah I did sort of get that idea of, of like you know just being you know, I can't wake mum up, you know, the, the, the night just yeah. seems to go on forever. And then there's a yes. the sort of creepy voice, you know, the, the sort of thing going on. Um, and your sister's no help, <laughs> as it turns out. Yeah, I was just... But it just, I mean, it just goes on and on. And, yeah. you know, you do kind of feel trapped in the film, you know, unless you sort of like got to cheat and sort of fast forward or something it, it, it sort of it's trapped you within itself um which is yeah, a sort of very interesting feeling but I, I, I agree it's also incredibly frustrating as you say because you're waiting for at least something to happen you know there's a spooky mm-hmm. voice at times um and then there's this bit at the end where they're asking like who are you who are you and it just, mm. you know, just, and then it just ends. And it's like, wow, you know, it, yeah. it's just bizarre. Yeah. So I, I can, you know, I, I do in, uh, not enjoy, enjoy is the wrong word. I appreciate it on certain levels, but I'm very frustrated by it on others, mm. I'd say. But it just, I mean, so much of it mm. as well is given to, showing these old cartoons you know mm. when you can't even see the it's just like the corner of the screen and then mm. all these lego well, and yeah you know, I, I, imagine those I imagine those cartoons are used because they're copyright free oh yeah it says that at the beginning yeah it? it says that in the credits these uh, cartoons are yeah uh, yeah, not, uh, yeah out of copyright and stuff like that but oh, i just honestly it didn't because sometimes something like this will will draw you in and mm. you know but it just didn't at all it just in a way just wound me up made me angry and annoyed because it was just <laughs> like i said nearly two hours of it but it was just no couldn't be doing with it you just want to scream with the kids go back to sleep <laughs> yeah just, <laughs> just go to oh. bed read a book or something but no. um okay how are you going to score it? I'm giving it a three. A three? That's low as that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't. Couldn't stand it. As I said, there's certain things I get, certain things I don't. Uh, and on that note, I'm giving it a six out of ten. So, this, as I said, this is a definite Marmite film, this one. You know, you're either going to love it or you hate it. Well, or that's maybe- the thing. It's a shame Rich hasn't seen it because I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it. I would have loved to find out what he's made of it. That's true. <laughs> there you go. So a three and a six for Skinner Marink, um, which apparently is the name of a nursery rhyme, which I've never, ever, ever heard of. No, no. But there you go. It's an American thing. Whatever. Three and a six for Skinner Marink. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is We Hunt Giants. Uh, this is a promo 
short uh, with, the pl with plans for a, a series, I believe. In this one, we have three hunters who are staking out a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, but who is hunting who? Uh, quite like this one, I have to say. I think the CGI works really well. Um, the main cast is yeah, the three guys. Um, do okay but it is you know it, it is a slight thing is it's a one scene and done um set up um rich can you tell us a bit more about it uh yeah the um uh, curiously it's um it's a project from the uh i think he's uh i think he's uh, swedish yeah swedish director titus parr yep. who's uh, who's i'm most familiar with uh, the film he did the perfect weapon feature film with uh, mm. featured Steven Seagal and finally Johnny Messner who we were talking about earlier um he's done a whole bunch of shorts and I think he he tends to do um sort of proof of concepts like this one for quite a lot of the projects that he's trying to get off the ground uh, and I think a um this one is one of his most ambitious so with all the CGI and everything it's got definitely that walking with dinosaurs you know sort of uh jurassic park sort of cash in kind of thing going on with it but i think it works uh the the initial the concept is is clear the i think in terms of the structure of the short itself it frustrated me is the title appears like over halfway through yeah. narratively yeah. through so it feel if you're gonna have the title in a film that's like six minutes you have to put it at like the start or the end and when it popped up i thought oh that's the capper for the end of the end of this preview if you see what i mean the end of this proof of concept yeah. is that's the end which would have been fine but then it goes on so then i'm sort of starting to get invested again and then it goes and then it only runs for like another two minutes and then the and then the credits were kicking. And I was like, "That's that's rock. That's put me on the wrong foot because it's put the title the, by putting the title in there. It's ruined the flow for me. <laughs> I think yeah. they should have just left it and put the title right at the end because um, it just completely threw me. Anyway, yeah, um, I agree. Aside from yeah. from that, it's a very polished thing. I think the concept's clear. There's a it's it's not one of these uh, concept shorts where there's enough of a conclusion. I think you can indicate, you can get, get, you know, what the outcome of that particular situation at that time is going to be, but still it would, it would have been nice to have just a little bit more, um, but it's fine. It'd be, I, I, I'm not sure if it'd be interesting to see if it does, you know, develop into a feature or a series or something. I, I kind of feel like I doubt it because I don't think it's going to stand apart enough from so many other projects already out there i think in terms of a dinosaur short uh, we watched one called hell creek i think it was which had like a time travel angle yeah which i think was a which was a much better bit more unique sort of proposition but the whole you know cavemen versus dinosaurs is a fun concept um i, I was actually surprised when they started speaking in english i thought they might <laughs> go for a they, yeah. they might go for a sort of a subtitled kind of approach to it but which I think would have made again, that would have been something that might have made it stand out a bit more. But um, it's um, yeah, I think it's fine and it's worth seeing. But I, I, I don't I don't see much uh, beyond this. Um, 
unfortunately although there is a lot of other stuff that tyres power is working on that i'm very interested in like there's a there's a short called fear of the woods which i think might be another proof of concept which is like a vernon wells versus a bear kind of thing which i'm oh, yeah. i'm really looking forward to that and stuff so um yeah he's he's a, he's a filmmaker who's definitely one to watch i just don't think this is necessarily the project mm-hmm. how about you steve what do you yeah. think of this one yeah i mean like you say it kind of it does spoil the flow with the, the you know the titles and stuff like that and it, it's a bit short for me you know you, it's it's literally just one scene and that's it and it's a proof of concept yeah i think it would work uh if he does get the funding and the budget to make it feature length because the you know the cgi and the dinosaur effects are pretty pretty good um the characterization is pretty good, but it is, it's just a bit short. And the title in the, min, in the middle just really does kind of lose the flow on it, really. Yeah. Um, talk, you know, we're talking about the CGI effects, where, you know, I mean, we, we're talking um, about a guy actually being picked up by this dinosaur and eaten, you know, it, it yeah. does look really, really good, I have to say. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I've spent I think I've spent a lot of time developing it, you know, and, you, and the care and attention is there. You can see it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we yeah. don't score the shots, but we do recommend you check them out. And you'll find a link in the footnotes below. Our DTV throwback this week is Black Plague. In 1348, with the horrors of the Black Death haunting Europe, English soldiers return home from war with a French nobleman as hostage. When people in their home village start to die, it is believed that the Black Death has struck once more. However, there are other dark reasons behind the sudden deaths. Um, interesting cast in this one, uh, Steve. We've got Lena yeah. Headey uh, leading, and uh, we've got um, Jason Fleming turning up. Uh, and I, I knew... As soon as he turned up, I sort of realised how old this film had to be because he actually still looks quite youthful in, in this. This was made in 2002. Well, it came out in 2002, but if I'm right, I think it was made about three or four years early in Shell for right. a bit. Okay. Yeah, because originally it went by a different name as well. Yeah, um, I, I can't pronounce it. Anti's. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. Which which is what is carved into some of the the bodies, yeah. I think, as, as yeah. it goes. Um, now, this you know the, the name is very similar to another film called The Black Death, which had Sean Bean and Eddie Redmayne in it, um, which was directed by Chris Smith, um, and, and the two do share the sort of you know it, they're both sort of very grim and grimy films um, dealing with the Black Death, obviously. Um, but yeah. quite quite different in their approach, I have to say. I did like this, um, but it does take a while to get going. You know, yeah, it takes a lot to find its feet. Um, it I, the film it most reminded me of was the name of the rose. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen yeah. that. But, um, I yeah, I haven't. But I've seen. I remember the trailer when I was a kid, so I get mm. where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, it's that sort of warts and all kind of like medieval England sort of thing. And um, but you know, the, the, there's a series of deaths which could be the plague or it could be something yeah. else. Um, 
I thought it worked quite well. It was a quite a decent, you know, production. Um, you know, costumes and setting and everything. It's very well shot, well acted. Um, I, I don't really have much. But with the acting, yeah. The... There's one guy I didn't like in it, and that was the sort of that sort of court jester guy who's like simpering up to the bishop all the time. No, the one who got me was Jason Fleming. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> I was so glad when they killed him off because uh, it was just... He could have ruined it, yeah. Yeah, yeah he just... I don't know. Normally, I think he's quite reliable and, and good, but in this... He's a sort of shouty brat, isn't he, basically? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. That's, not really, that's not really his forte. He yeah. just... He, he didn't work for me at all, but yeah, everyone else I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it was nice seeing Christopher Fairbanks because you don't see him in as much as you should. Hmm. Yeah, he... To me, it took a while to get going. But I did kind of like the... T- I like, really like the twist of where... who the French guy was. Yeah. And, you know, what had happened, how he was not created, but, you know, I mean, how, how he came to be when he was younger and stuff like that. And that, I thought, was quite shocking, in yeah. a way. And... You know, what a bastard her husband turned out. You know, sort oh, of yeah. praising him and <laughs> putting him up on this pedestal. And he is an absolute twat, to be fair. Yeah. Um, May he rot in a French jail kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But mm. the, the only thing that got me is, you know, the French guy. Mm. He's like a cat. He's mm. got so many lives, it's untrue. <laughs> Yeah, well, he, you know, also he he gets like all these hooks put in him. Then then he gets yeah. drowned, and then he, yeah, he gets beat up an inch of his life, and it's like, you know, he's supposed to, what is it, ten days? Grace has got so, and yeah, that's it, right. Yeah. Covers some all these things in like ten days in mm. in medieval England. I'm like, mm, that's that's a bit of a stretch that one. Yeah, um, but apart from that, it was actually pretty decent. Better than I thought it was going to be, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, I must admit. Uh, this is directed by a guy called Alberto Schiama, who, who's Spanish. Um, he's done a film called Killer Tongue, which I, which I kind of remember uh, back in the day. Um, another one of his was Bites, which looks like some sort of vampire thing. Uh, yeah, so yeah, pretty solid work, I thought, overall. Um, this is available on Amazon Prime. Um, and it's definitely worth checking out. We don't score the, um, the throwbacks, but we do recommend you take a look. And as I said, you'll find this one on Amazon Prime. Go check it out. And that's the end of this week's show. Unfortunately, Rich had to run off. Um, but other than that, um, thanks to him and Steve for watching these films this evening. Or talking about these films this evening, I should say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, don't forget to check us. <clears throat> excuse me. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DT Vid. Bloody hell! I can put your teeth in, mate. <laughs> don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Also, the short shots where Rich puts a new short every evening around about eight o'clock. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.